Bereavement Room is a podcast for our community, faith and culture, featuring representative voices from across the UK. And I am your host, Kolsima Ali. Hello, my name's Shireen Kerr and you're listening to the Bereavement Room podcast. Hi, I'm James Boston and you're listening to the Bereavement Room podcast. Hello, I'm Bafo Ababio and you're listening to Bereavement Room podcast. Hi, I'm Jameel Amaraji, and you listen to Bereavement Room Podcast. Hi, I'm Ben Akwa, and you're listening to Bereavement Room Podcast. Hi, I'm John Almir, and you're listening to the Bereavement Room Podcast. Hi, I'm Chelsea Coombson, and you're listening to the Bereavement Room Podcast. Hello, my name is Laura Marvin, and you are listening to the Bereavement Room Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Bereavement Room Podcast. How is your week going? I hope you've had a really, really great week. I did take a little bit of a break from BR about a week and a half because I just needed a bit of rest. I'm, I'm sure, well, I hope that you all understand. I just needed some time out uh, from BR-related activity. But during my time out, um, there were a lot of things I needed to sort out one of them being the community fundraiser for BR. Uh, if people want a season three, which I was never planning on, the plan was to just end it this year, but I realized that so many people find this platform very valuable and that it's necessary. So I have decided that because I have all these ideas swimming in my head that I would love to host a season three but it's got to be based on the fact that you want it and that you're willing to invest in it and contribute to it in the way that it you know that it deserves um so I have asked for the basic cost to be covered because it's an annual cost every year for the hosting subscription and then there are the costs like design and music that go into making the podcast it's not like I just hit record on zoom or skype and the conversation just happens um it doesn't work like that at all and of course with this uncertain economic crisis that is looming over everyone's heads and uncertainty I just want to say a massive thank you to people that did contribute some of them being my friends uh, some being former guests and of course our listeners a massive thank you to you for contributing to the BR fund uh, for season three and to cover the hosting site costs we haven't quite reached the target and I have to be strict about that if we don't meet the target it will be you know season three but I will be working on other activities related to BR that I can't really talk about right now um I would maybe share that with you next year but yeah let's see if we can hit the target it is a small target they're realistic costs they are you know very transparent with the breakdown on the gofundme page if you haven't come across it yet you can find it in my instagram profile twitter profile alternatively i have linked it here in today's show notes if you can contribute a couple of quids that's great if you can't please do hit the share button with your family and friends with your colleagues and see if they might want to contribute it would be massively helpful and useful and you know you're doing something for grassroots to help this conversation going which brings me to say today's guest is Chelsea Coombson Chelsea's mum passed away on the 8th of the 10th 2018 unexpectedly 
Chelsea is 18 years old and uh, she's in her final year of uh, studies. She's set up an Instagram page that she owns. It's called Grieffluenza. I love the play on the words Chelsea. It's a page that was set up to help raise awareness about grief and mental health. As always, I want to thank everyone for joining us and listening. I'm your host, Kolsima Ali. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Bereavement Room podcast. I'm really pleased to say that I'm joined by today's guest, Chelsea Coombson. Hi Chelsea. Hi Kalsuma. Hi, how's your week going? What are you up to? Um, yeah, it's been good. Um, just got back from a driving lesson. Yeah, it's been okay so far. Oh, you're doing a driving lesson? Yeah. How's it going? Have you just begun or...? Um, yeah, I actually started about a month ago or so, but yeah, it's going pretty well, yeah. Okay, so you're fresh into it. Yeah, just started. Oh, oh brilliant. That takes me right back. Um, I found my driving test six times. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And um, I don't think anyone thought that I would pass. Uh, I spent so much money on driving lessons so that just takes me right back yeah yeah so I mean I wish you well with it I'm sure it won't take you you it won't take you six (laughs) attempts I know it won't Uh, (laughs) you'll be all right you'll be all right I think I just uh, had very poor concentration levels back then Um, but yeah that's really wonderful to hear and you're back to school tomorrow as well aren't you yes I am yeah so I'm really you know I'm really pleased that you wanted to join me on the podcast to talk about your mum who passed away in October 2018 yeah thank you for having me on yeah no you're welcome thanks for coming here to share your experiences because it it will bring so much value to our listeners but I also hope that it's a a good moment for you to kind of remember your mum and just yeah. openly, re- openly reflect, you know, with our listeners. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So before we kind of get into all of that, um, introduce yourself. Like, what do you do? What do you like doing? Uh, I know you're taking driving lessons. Go for it. Um, so as everyone probably already knows, I'm Chelsea. Um, I'm 18. I'm currently doing my A-levels. So I study biology, chemistry and physics. Um my parents um, are from Ghana. Um, I was born in the UK. And yeah, currently I'm doing my driving lessons. Um, I've also started up my own business. Um, yeah, and I have three younger siblings. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. And are you from London or? Um, no, just outside London in Buckinghamshire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went to university there. Oh, right. Yeah, so I know it well. Yeah. <laughs> I work there as well. So yeah. Yeah, right. yeah so you're not too far from me. Yeah. Uh, too far. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, I've, our listeners love to know where people are from and stuff and what they do. Yeah. So yeah, really nice. So, so kind of, um, I mean, you know, you said that your mum had passed away when you were 16 years old. Yeah. And, you're 18 now so it wasn't long ago at all yeah 
what was your mum like, hun? You know, t- talk me through what your mum was like, what your relationship was like with her. What what was life like? Um, so my mum was just very upbeat. Um, she was also quite reserved. Um, yeah, she's just really kind and caring. Um, like she was always someone that I'd go to and talk to if I had like any issues or problems. Um, she was just the person who was really there and she'd always make me smile and yeah. And sort of, you know, how do you sort of remember your mum now when you, you know, is there anything that you do? Like, do you go to the cemetery regularly? Is there a ritual? Do you go to, to church? Are you very religious? Um, yeah, so I'm Christian, so we go to church, but obviously because of COVID, we haven't been going. So it's all been online, um, which has been a change, but I think it's not too bad. Um yeah, I think something that I do do that reminds me of her is um, probably just kind of wearing her bracelets and her jewellery. And I think having something that um, almost brings me closer to her, even though she's not here. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, I hear what you're saying about jewellery. Um, yeah. My dad didn't wear any jewellery, but he had this gold watch that he would wear. Oh, and I always knew that watch would come to me um, yeah. after he passes away. And it yeah. was, I need to get it adjusted. But yeah, I know what you yeah. mean, mean about jewellery. It's, it's, that can bring comfort. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So, I mean, it can be difficult to kind of go back in time and remember, you know, where you were the day that your mum passed away or what happened. Obviously, yeah. do, do, do this in a way that helps you and... Uh, yeah, I mean, are you okay to kind of go back to that day? Like, what happened? I know you said it was an unknown cause. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't mind. Um, so it was back in October the 8th. Um, so the day pretty much started just as any other day would. Um, I just started sick form. Um, yeah, so I kind of just said bye to everyone left went to get my bus kind of everything was going as it should and um I got into form and I was just talking to my friends I don't even know what we were talking about but we were just talking just having general chit chat um and I got a phone call from my older cousin and she asked oh like um what was your mom doing before you left like um was she okay and that kind of scared me purely because she wouldn't usually call me at that time in the morning so I just kind of thought like what's going on at home or I just didn't know what to think at that point um so then um first lesson I had chemistry and I I don't know I just remember this bit so vividly just kind of walking in and then asking my teacher whether I could um, bring my phone into class and just have it on um, just in case of any phone calls or anything, just because I had been a bit panicked and worried about um, the phone call I'd had earlier. Um, And then um, I got a phone call and then um, it was my dad asking me to come home. And I was like, wait, what's going on? Because obviously you're inside a lesson and you don't, you're not really expected to be asked to, come home all of a sudden 
and um yeah it was at that point where I kind of felt like yeah something's definitely not right um so then I think at that point I was really panicked uh started crying um and then I I think a teacher who was walking by um saw me just outside in the corridor because I was on the phone and I was crying so I think she took me down to the nurse's office um yeah and then I don't quite remember this bit correctly it is a bit blurry but I think the school nurse got a phone call asking her to bring me home and I think it was kind of then when I realised that actually something bad has happened um and it definitely has got to do with mum um so I at that point I didn't believe it I just thought like this can't be true this can't be real I'm not going home I'm not going to face what's going on I'm just going to ignore it and kind of keep going the school day and I think that happened for about an hour I just didn't want to go home want to stay in school and I think it's just it was the fear of getting home and knowing that something really bad has happened Mm. so skip forward to about uh, I think it was about half 11 11 um yeah so I went home and then I saw my siblings and but they were at my next door neighbor's house which was quite strange because I didn't like it's the morning they're supposed to be getting ready to go to school and um should be in school by then and then I came in and I saw my mum lying on the floor in our conservatory and um one of the paramedics said that she wanted to speak to me and I think it was then where reality really did hit me and she wasn't um alive anymore um so I kind of told her that no I'm not going to speak to her um and I think then that's where my faith really kicked in I thought I'm gonna pray and just hope for the best because that's all I thought I could do um in that moment and I was asking the paramedics if they'd done CPR and the lady was like yeah we've done it um I'm really sorry to tell you but your mum has passed um it just felt so surreal because you just don't expect that like one moment you're in lessons, like doing your work, next moment you're at home and a random paramedic's telling you that your mum has passed. Um, so then I think we just, we had like a little argument. I was like, no, you need to do CPR. And she was like, no, sorry, Chelsea, we've done all that we can. And um, yeah, and I think Gosh. that was, it was honestly the worst day it's the worst day of my life and I just remember kind of I think it was at the point where I saw my siblings at my next door neighbor's house that I kind of realized that actually something really bad has happened and yeah that's crazy my gosh that's a horrific scene to walk into yeah it's honestly the worst and, so, yeah. so hang on a second were there any other adults and when I say any other adults not the paramedics um but... yeah my dad um was also home with my siblings because they were just kind of getting ready um to go to school kind of doing school drop-offs and everything um my other sister had also left to go to school um similar time to me 
so yeah it was just them and my siblings so your dad was there at home with you yes yeah uh, and they say they did CPR and I, I, yeah. I but obviously your mum didn't come around from that and yeah what was your feet like feeling at that moment that they needed to do more because I can hear in your voice that you're like yeah no, no you need to keep doing keep yeah. doing the CPR because I haven't seen you do yeah. that it's just because because I hadn't seen them do it mm. I thought they hadn't done it and until I've seen them do it then I can kind of be like okay well they have done CPR and it's not like they haven't done anything and I think it was when I started praying and the um the paramed I, I think I said something along the lines of oh you're not a Christian you don't understand that God can bring my mum back and then the lady started arguing with me she was like uh yes I am I'm just like that's not the time and the place it's oh, oh my, god. my god yeah it was oh my god that's really shocking. so yeah it made me so furious I don't think I've ever been so angry in my life yeah the paramedics said yeah that. yeah that's so unprofessional it is so unprofessional and like where's the human compassion for Pete's exactly. sake yeah and it's you're and you, you're 16 so yeah I was 16 at the time yeah well any age it doesn't yeah. really you know you shouldn't any, say that yeah yeah I'm so I'm oh I don't blame you for being furious yeah, who I says that literally Oh my god! Oh my god! This woman. So was it a woman? Sorry, with this paramedic. Yeah, or? it was a woman. Yeah. So it's, it's, she's just so unprofessional. I kind of thought now's not the time. No. To start telling me that you're Christian and blah blah blah. It just isn't the right time. Neither no. do I need to hear it. Yeah. No, and this is a really, you've just walked in, you've, you know, literally just gone to school, come out of school, yeah. you've walked in, and your mum's there on the floor, and for her to say that to you, yeah, it it's, was... yeah, she just went about that. Yeah. It's just wrong, really wrong. Definitely, yeah. Honestly, I feel for you. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, did your mum collapse, like? Yeah, she just collapsed, and... Um, according to my siblings, she did come back and then she collapsed again and that was the end, pretty much. So it's honestly, it's shocking because you kind of think, like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? Like, was she unwell and we didn't know? Or, like, um, it's just it's just multiple things kind of going through your head and you're thinking, like, what's going on? Mm. And the fact that um even after four I think it was four or five autopsies they still couldn't find anything which to me is really really shocking yeah I can't get my head around yeah. uh deaths that are unknown and I yeah. that's really hard because how do you reconcile that in your mind yeah um so so your mum never had any, she wasn't ill, she was healthy, I remember no. she was very healthy. Yeah, she was very healthy. Oh gosh. Yeah. How do you make peace with that, that it's, they couldn't give you a reason after five, six autopsies? Um, I think it's tough to kind of 
come to terms with it and to accept it. Um, I think that actually, actually, let me just go back a bit. One thing that a lot of people um, who did come round um, after my mum had passed um, actually said, oh, like, um, it's God's plan, it's God's will, um, God needs another angel. And I think it's very tough to kind of understand that. Um, and I think, I don't think that I will ever be able to really come to terms with it and to really understand um, and I think sometimes you just have to, it kind of gets to a point where you just have to accept that it is what it is. Like, it's incredibly tough, but because no one's got an answer, you kind of just have to, I mean, you kind of have no option but to just be like, okay. And even after an inquest, they still couldn't find anything as well. So I think after the inquest, that kind of is almost in quotation marks, the end of the road. So it's definitely it definitely is tough to come to terms with it and to really like it's yeah, just to kind of understand what's happened. But I think as time goes on, you kind of learn to deal with it, not to get over it, but to deal with it. Mm. yeah I hear you I know it's a hard one to answer because um maybe we don't reconcile these things at all and it yeah it just gets to a point where maybe we don't accept it but we can only go with what we know yeah and exhaust all the options that we've exhausted so you don't really come to terms with it it's just like as you say okay then yeah yeah I hear you on that and I think that's that's definitely something that I'm personally battling with this year yeah um and I really feel you on that I just do we ever reconcile it in our minds I guess that's one for the listeners how do you reconcile it do you really make peace with it is it as you say okay well yeah this is what it is and that's so tough Oh, it's just so hard. It's a hard thing to carry every day. Yeah, definitely is. So Chelsea, tell me what were the what were the days, you know, what happened after, you know, what did you know, after the paramedics left, did they take your mum away? Like what happened afterwards? Um, yeah, so after the paramedics left and the undertakers were supposed to come get my mum. Um, so we had some family, like close relatives, come over. And because we are all Christian, we were just praying and kind of hoping for something to happen. Um, and then the undertakers came. Um, and we just we just didn't believe it. We kind of thought, no, this has not happened. And there just was that. Dis- disbelief um yeah mm. you, can I go back to God's will and God's plan yeah because you do go to church and you do have faith and 
Um, I know things that can be chaotic, uh, especially when someone passes away at home. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be chaotic with family coming and undertakers. It's, it's a lot of logistical stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but when you say God's plan and God's will, I mean, I'm Muslim and yeah. we, we also say <laughs> things yeah. like God's plan and God's will. And I'm just like, okay, yeah. that's really hard to deal with, actually. It is, yeah. And I think it's quite, I mean, to some extent, annoying and frustrating to have multiple people saying, oh, it's God's plan. Like, oh, she was meant to pass. Like, oh, um, God needed another angel. I think it's really, really frustrating to hear that over and over and over again. Um, But I think with grief, because it is so personal, outsiders don't really... I guess they're to some extent insensitive they don't really understand what it's really like so I think they kind of use these phrases to almost tick the box off of kind of I'm saying sorry to the person like they're trying to help but it doesn't really help if that makes sense oh it does oh it does completely yeah yeah it it's almost like they just need to feel that silence and as you say yeah. take the box and say well yeah. I've done my bit and um I don't know why people use these generic phrases yeah it's I, honestly yeah it's a bit too much but I think with religion there is an extra dialogue there because when you do yeah. come from a faith that you practice and faith is a big part of your life and your home life and who you are that can also be very difficult to reconcile yeah and um I just wondered did it weaken your faith did it question anything how how did that come about for you I think it definitely without doubt made me question my faith um to some extent um I think I kind of thought like why is this happening to me sort of thing like life is just really unfair um but I think as time has gone on I've just kind of learned that actually bad things do happen to good people it's almost inevitable mm. um yeah. Mm. yeah yeah I have to say it's a really good way to look at it yeah <laughs> I, I I've just trying to think how I might have looked at it at age 16 and I I couldn't tell you I don't know because I'd never experienced bereavement at such a young age um so I just want to say I think you're very I don't know I don't have a word really but I think you're I think that's amazing in itself that you can look at it like that because you're right it's inevitable bad things do happen to good good people yeah what was the funeral like um is that something that you're able to talk about a little Um, bit yeah sure um so we had a burial ceremony so we had like a service in the morning um where we kind of had singing and um everyone not everyone but um we had tributes read um yeah and then we had the burial ceremony afterwards and then we kind of had like after that we had like a um yeah it's more traditional like a traditional kind of 
sit down so where um people came and we all just sat down and um we played music um people said um like told stories about my mum um yes that was what we had so you so you talked about the funeral um yeah. was it a tra traditional uh Ghanaian funeral um yeah it was kind of a mix between British culture and Ghanaian culture um so that last bit um we basically all just sat down we had obviously guests um and it was I think it was just more it was a time for kind of reflecting and um kind of just yeah mainly reflecting on the day on mum's life um yeah uh it's difficult it's yeah. really it's hard to go back there and think about the, f the funeral sometimes yeah for um but it sounds like you know I, I love reflective stuff because I love reflecting yeah and, definitely. and the, it just you know what what was that like for you you know where you did you deliver a speech of any kind or a message for your mum what what was that day like for you um yeah so I read my tribute um out and I think the day in general was just everything just seemed to go so fast it kind of felt like a blur all at the same time um I think it was then that reality really hit me and I realized that actually my mom has passed and that's my reality going forward um and I think it back then it just really was hard to um except that she wasn't alive anymore um and the funeral was the day where um reality really hit me I guess yeah because it's the finality isn't it yeah it's like the final goodbye yeah yeah it's a tough it's a tough one funerals yeah because they can be very celebratory they can yeah but then at the same time, it's just really, you know, that is goodbye and endings are really sad. Yeah. So, I mean, I hate to keep going back to this, but I often hear of unknown causes and unexplained deaths, yeah. particularly from black and ethnic minorities. Yeah. And I just, um, for me, that's something that I can't get my head around. Yeah. And, and I have heard about that on the podcast previously in series one. Yeah. And I just wonder, does that come into it? Or do you just, do you just draw a line that it is, you know, do you think the, the inquest services, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, did the inquest services and the autopsy services do the, I don't know how all of that works. Was did they do that thoroughly? Was it hard to navigate that, or did your dad do all of that? Um, so they actually wrote up a series of reports, um, and I think, um, yeah, because I am a biology student, I think they have done that. I think obviously to their to the best of their ability. 
um, they did explain everything. Um, yeah, and I think, I guess they did try and um, even at the inquest, um, the, um, what do you call them, the... Um, coroner's? That's the word, yes. Um, the coroner, um, he even said that in the last 30 years that he's been working, he has never seen a case like this. So I would kind of expect them to um, kind of check mum thoroughly um, and to kind of look to see if there was... Um, anything wrong mm. yeah mm. yeah I'm I hope it's okay that I asked that question yeah that's fine it's just um because I, I hear about inquests quite a few times I'm navigating yeah. my own com complaint at the moment but it's a it's not an inquest it's um oh. direct directly through the hospital and the impudment yeah. and um it's I, those systems are hard to navigate sometimes they're very convoluted very paper heavy yeah very, very process heavy but I'm just really pleased that to hear that that, that was done thoroughly that you yeah. feel that that was done thoroughly and they did that to the best of their ability yeah but obviously it doesn't change anything yeah definitely not no so this kind of brings me to ask you about what support was like for you. I noted that when we first initially connected through your Grief Influencer Instagram page, yeah. um, you ticked that you have had helpline support, talking therapies, counselling, community support. You've also been to your GP and yeah. you ticked other. Would you be able to talk us through what you know support was like for you after yeah, sure. Um, so I think it was probably two days or so after um, my mum had passed, I went back to school. Um, so we had the student welfare teachers um, who were of great support. Um, I also got counselling um, from school. Um, I also went to... Um, like had family counselling um, with uh, my dad and my siblings from Child Bereavement UK. Um, I think at first I was very, very resistant to having any form of support just because I think within the black community, um, you're kind of not taught, but you kind of, have this mindset of um I need to be strong for everyone I need to be there for everyone and I think being the eldest also came with its challenges um so to speak um because I think um, one thing that um a lot of people said when they came around was oh you have to be there for your siblings you're now the mother of the house uh, make sure you're looking after everyone and I'm kind of like well when like who's going to be looking not looking after me but um I can't really take the place of my mother and that is something that really frustrated me that a lot of um people said like oh you need to take care of them make sure you're looking after them and it does feel 
incredibly dismissive of my own grief um mm. but yeah going back to the question um I um had a lot of support from school and I think I only really um decided to take on the support um was about I think just yeah about a year ago um I kind of decided that actually if I want to be able to you know to some extent heal from what has happened I'm going to need to accept support um because I think me as a person I don't like kind of talking to people I don't like expression expressing my emotions um I don't like um sort of that nature of things um so I think counseling really has helped me and I think what's good about it is that it's from an unbiased point of view um Mm. and yeah yeah it's impartial isn't it yeah uh, they're outside of your environment it's not someone yeah. that's in your family friends network Definitely, yeah. it, it's someone that doesn't know you so they can't judge you yeah I think face-to-face to um, support definitely was the most um, beneficial um, I think it really did help to have um, someone else help me navigate through my grief um, yeah Mm. and I which kind of takes me back to the point of because you talked about in the black community be strong stay strong yeah you have to be the mother of the house now being the eldest sibling yeah uh I've heard that before in the podcast as well yeah from my prior guest in, in series one and that's really difficult because it, it as you say it's very dismissive of your own grief and who's there for you if you're if you're yeah. there for everyone else yeah Which then kind of brings me to ask you, when you had this counselling, was it someone from the black community or or did that not matter for you? Um, So for me, that didn't particularly matter. Um, I think um, in a counsellor, I was kind of looking for someone who would just understand me, someone who wouldn't someone who wouldn't um um be dismissive of my emotions um and someone who was just there to just listen that was um definitely the main things yeah and so was your counsellor from the black community then or Um, no she's not oh okay and was that an issue for you but or not because she did tick all those boxes she was there to listen to you and... yeah yeah okay um just curious to know really yeah. what people's experiences are like because yeah. I you've listened to the podcast I know you have yeah <laughs> and um some of the guests said you know we had a white therapist at one point but it just yeah. didn't feel right because of some of the nuances and you know having to yeah. explain certain things so actually I wanted a black counsellor or I wanted a South Asian counsellor and yeah. uh, um, so it's just interesting to hear um, how you kind of dealt with that um, it sounds like it would have been an ideal world but because that therapist was there for what you needed at the time it worked yeah definitely mm. it's a difficult one to navigate and it's the personal it is. 
it's a personal choice really isn't it yeah yeah and what's available at the time because we don't always have time to think about the perfect support and what that would look like and you just need support at the time so and I I know when my brother died well I didn't have the best therapist but it was like like it or lump it this is what you're gonna get or it's nothing at all oh my goodness (laughs) so so I had no choice but it's because I had no I had no choice and it was free work and I you know I wasn't paying for it so and she wasn't the best but I needed something I just desperately needed to talk to somebody and yeah and although she wasn't great at least I had someone to speak to at that point but it's really hard and I really appreciate you you know sharing that information with me and with our listeners and what that experience was like for you yeah what would what would you say you've struggled with the most in your grief um this is definitely a hard question but it's a good question um I think something that I have struggled with a lot is I'd probably say motivation if anything Uh, my mum was definitely my biggest motivator Um, she was always the one who like along with my dad she always pushed me to kind of um, pursue greater things to pursue my dreams and um, yeah I think that's um, one thing that has been really difficult another thing that's been difficult I'd say is to some extent um I think just sometimes having conversations amongst friends and I think it's probably because sometimes there is like a sense of awkwardness because I feel like sometimes I'm kind of the girl whose mum died and it's yeah I think sometimes it can be difficult at times when obviously you um, as a group of friends we are having a conversation and then someone will be like oh like um, my mum did this my mum did that my mum did this my mum said that and I think sometimes it is a little bit awkward you kind of you kind of can't say anything um, mm. yes I'd probably say that's the most difficult those are the two most difficult mm. um, and yeah, I'd say those are most two difficult things. Mm. Yeah. I hear, I hear, I hear you on that because you know your mum is your role model. Yeah. And then when that's gone, who's there to motivate you? And mums, you know, we have a relationship with our mums that are very yeah. specific, specific and different to the relationship with the we have with our fathers. Yeah, definitely. And and that's really difficult when that um is gone. Yeah. Now, I really resonate with what you're saying about friends. When friends are like, yeah. oh, I went out for a spa day with my mum. I got a manicure. Or yeah. my mum my was getting on my nerves today. Yeah. Or I'm screening my mum's calls. Yeah. Right. I hear you on that because that's something I struggle with even 10 years later. Yeah. When, when people talk about their mums. And I just, I have to shut off or compartmentalise. Yeah. Because then I just think, well, if that was me sitting in their shoes, I'd probably be doing the same. Maybe, I don't know, but... Yeah. I think... Yeah, go on. Yeah, I I think sometimes people don't really um, realise. Because I think if you haven't lost someone, you don't really um, see the other side of things. 
yeah that's it and I and I think you have to be in a really good place with that yeah and just be like well they don't know what it's like and I think that's when I'm a little bit ruthless where I'm like well you should all know what that's why you should all know what it's like okay you should all know (laughs) I don't care yeah I completely agree with you (laughs) (laughs) but it is it is a case of well they don't know so what do you do as well but it's just such a double-edged sword I find Uh, (laughs) oh bless yeah honestly I hear you on that one um yeah so what what is your your mom your favorite memory of your mum anything that you'd like to share with us that kind of comes to mind um favorite memory um so I remember this one time we went uh down to Shawfield um and there was a dancing competition and um, my mum being the person she was really confident um really vibrant and bubbly um she entered the dancing competition and um yeah surprise not surprisingly but um obviously she won (laughs) yeah and I just remember that day so vividly it was about I think 2016 oh that's lovely yeah there's always a memory that sticks in mind isn't there yeah yeah that you can always go back to and laugh and yeah yeah I'm with you I'm with you thank you so much for sharing we're getting to uh the end of the podcast now we're gonna be wrapping up soon um so I mean I connected with you on your brief influencer page on Instagram and um I think it's really lovely that you started this page you know to connect with people and to talk about your grief um do you want to talk a little bit about it and how best to reach you on social media yeah sure um so grief on grief i basically um kind of blog and talk about grief related topics and mental health related topics um and you can best reach me on instagram um by the name grief lovely thank you uh i'm following it so for everyone that's listening do you do follow chelsea's page it's really really good she's sharing lots of tips and resources and then that kind of before we go to the gratefulness challenge what's the one thing you want people to know about grief um i think one thing that would be really beneficial letting people know um is that grief definitely has no timeline and it is very personal to each individual yeah Mm. yeah it's very true thank you I couldn't agree with you more there is no timeline it never the grief never stops it just maybe changes shape over time I guess I don't know but it is as you say an individual thing and uh, yeah thank thank you so much and then that takes us to the gratefulness challenge yeah uh I'll go first okay I'll give you a bit of time to think um what am I grateful for so I am a younger sibling yeah and I think just speaking with you today has kind of made me think about where we rank in our families especially if you come from large families yeah there can be a bit of hierarchy sometimes it certainly is in mine um I have two older sisters and 
I think I've really painted them in a horrible light <laughs> in series one because I was so emotional in the penultimate and final episode. But it's just because they're two older siblings and they have a lot of accountability and responsibility and yeah. they, can't, they can't really sit back. And people are, you know, hanging on and, you know, saying what they think and opinions and stuff. So they do have to be like the person of the house, you know. Yeah the head of the house if you like yeah and I it's not that I don't love my sisters and my sisters don't love me we just communicate <laughs> in a way that maybe isn't traditional or too openly lovey-dovey yeah in uh, other people's homes that you might see or what you might see on tv yeah. and I and I think a lot of that is is because they are an older sibling and they just have a lot of responsibility in comparison to me because people wouldn't really look to me to have that responsibility they look to them to have that responsibility and I have to sit back and appreciate that and yeah I'm just grateful that you know I do have two older sisters that will try and cheer me up you know my sister sent me a photo yesterday she's like this picture is really blurry she was saying but it was a picture from the 80s and I, th- I think I posted it on my Insta story. Yeah, I think you did, yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, it was a really blurry picture, and I wish it wasn't blurry, and yeah. my sister sent that to me, and, you know, that really put a smile on my face, and I, I am grateful for my older siblings, even though I know that when I'm <laughs> on the podcast talking about them, I probably don't shine a light on all the great stuff yeah. about them, and it's just, you know, that's just how it is, or we're not the Brady Bunch, and everyone's all families are convoluted to a certain degree yeah, definitely yeah um yeah I'm just grateful for my two older sisters over to you um so I'm grateful for having um really good family and friends close friends um who I can always rely on um count on they're always there to make me smile um yeah that was the lovely Chelsea Coomson. She joined me in the room today to talk about her mum who passed away in 2018. Let's wish Chelsea continued success. Best of luck with all your driving lessons, Chelsea. And just so much love for sharing her experiences with me and all of us on the podcast today. It's not all doom and gloom in this bereavement room. I mean, we do laugh. There was a lot of laughter in today's episode. So please do share the podcast with your family, friends and colleagues if you think that it will benefit them. And remember, if you want to contribute to my fundraising campaign for a season free in 2021, you can find the link in the episode show notes or you can go straight to Twitter and Instagram. There's a link in my bio that will take you to the GoFundMe page. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Colsima Ali.